thanks for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. Okay, just turn to somebody you've not said hello to ever. If you can find somebody, just say hello, just uh, to make you all feel really uncomfortable, basically. Some of you are cheating. Okay. I used to be a primary school teacher, so one, two, three, look at me. There you go, thank you. Okay, I never did that, that was not cool. I I really didn't, honest. Okay, Um, great to see you this morning, great to have you with us. If you're enjoying your conversation, carry on over coffee at the end. Sorry, that wasn't a criticism of my wife who was carrying on a conversation. But that's good, excellent. So... Make sure, you know, one of the things that's really important, if, you, if you've been coming to this church for a long time and you see yourself as part of church family, then make it your mission to get to know somebody you don't know because then you'd know how it would feel to walk in somewhere. So it's really important. Just want to, I'm, being, I'm encouraging, okay? That's what I'm trying to do this morning. Um, we start a new series. Hopefully we might have some graphics. I don't know if they've, we've got Ewan who's doing amazing this morning on our tech for the first time. Give Ewan, Ewan a round of applause. Um, So we start a new series called Mountain Message. The reason it's called that is because it's based on the Sermon on the Mount. It's in three chapters of Matthew. So if you find it hard to read your Bible and you don't know where to start, why don't you just read along with us and read this each week, Matthew chapter 5 to 7, and uh, get to know what Jesus is saying. You can't be offended this morning because the words we're going to be looking at are what Jesus said. So actually, if you're offended, it's not with me, it's with Jesus, okay? Because actually, he wants what's best for us. He wants what's best for us. But I don't know if you've ever had the wrong attitude. Anyone in here ever had the wrong attitude, okay? I'm looking at the percentages of hands up, and I think some of you are lying. Because I think we've all had times where we've got the bad attitude, yeah? The wrong attitude. And actually, it's sometimes the wrong drive and desire to succeed. And often, I think those of us of an older generation, I include myself in that, I'm not one of the young people going to Uganda. So I'm of the older generation. I think we often look at young people and teenagers and go, oh, they've got a bad attitude, haven't they? They've got a bad attitude. You know, we think of Kevin the teenager. Oh, it's so unfair. You know, oh, I hate you. And it's all that stuff, isn't it? You know, even over the most simple thing. And yet we very rarely look at our own attitude. And I think Jesus starts his message, Jesus starts his message this morning as we look at it with actually getting our attitudes right from the off. Okay? Because the first 12 verses of... Um, of Matthew chapter 5 are known as the Beatitudes. It's actually short, really, for the beautiful attitudes, okay? So, in other words, we're going to find out what it means to have a beautiful attitude this morning, okay? So some of us are really going to have to learn. I've, I've had to learn. I've been challenged as I've prepared it. But I can think of times when I've had a bad attitude, you know? When, I'm, when I say a bad attitude, I mean that's something inside sometimes that's making you go, Grrr. yeah, you know what I mean? 
Okay, back in the days before we had Sky Plus and things like that, me and Ros sat down, I think, three times to watch the film Shakespeare in Love. Okay, we booked it on the Sky box office, which meant you had to book it for a certain time. You couldn't pause it, and we hadn't worked out how to record it to VHS. That's tape for anyone. Well, anyone who's younger, look online, you'll find out what it is. <laughs> but we, didn't, we couldn't record it. And the first time we sat down to watch it, it was Valentine's night. I'd made a really nice meal. Ros had been working hard because she was a florist at the time, made a really nice meal. She'd gone and had, you know, had a bath, made herself feel relaxed, and we had this meal, and then we sat down. And the credits started rolling and the phone rang. And my attitude was, we're not answering it. Okay? Ros was like, no, you've got to answer it. It could be urgent. I'm like, well, nothing's that, surely that urgent. She said, no, answer it. And it was one of the young people saying somebody else was in distress and struggling. And Ros is like, well, you go and sort it. I'll go to bed. I'm thinking, no, I want to watch Shakespeare in Love. Thank you very much. <laughs> I've paid for this film and I am going to watch it. And actually, there was an issue and we sat down and talked about it. The next time we sat down to watch Shakespeare in Love, we sat down, the credits started rolling, there was a knock at the door. And it was one of Ros's employees and her husband come to see her to, 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 to ask for some, you know, just to ask for advice. And I'm like, can these people not go away? You know, that's why we moved to the farm. It's a bit harder to get there. <laughs> we used to put horses on the road to stop you, but unfortunately, um, they're not there anymore. But every time something cropped up and actually my heart attitude wasn't good because inside I was just going these people and we all get a bit like that don't we and Jesus is trying to address this from the beginning so our attitude needs to be more like Jesus get to know these passages it was important to Jesus to teach to his disciples and today we look at these first 12 verses these attitude isn't grunting at God it's not, God, why are you asking me to do this? It's not, those people are driving me mad. It's having the attitude that God wants us to have. As we look at it, there are nine, blessed are you, or eight, blessed are they, and one, blessed are you. Okay? So eight, blessed are they, one, blessed are you. But what does blessed mean? Some modern translations say it means happy. But actually, happy has lost its definition because happy to us is that sort of smiley happy feeling it doesn't mean that it more is likely to be a contentment a deep contentment a deep satisfaction as I was thinking about this the closest I could think about was you know when a cat is really happy and content and satisfied it goes the only difference being that a cat can suddenly without warning lash out with its claws so it's not that type of contentment, but it's that feeling of I'm settled, I'm content. I could stay here in this moment because I know where my needs are being met. Contentment. Jesus is talking about deep contentment. So do you want to be content? Well, let's listen to Jesus as we read the verses in a moment. Present, secure, at peace. You know, when Paul writes a letter to the church in the New Testament, the first half of it is the truth he wants to say. The second half of it is the application. So we're going to look at these verses a little bit like that. We're going to look at what the truth is and then just finish by applying it to us. So we're going to whiz through these beautiful attitudes. We could do a sermon on each one, and there's nine of them. So I promise I'm not going to go on longer. I've got to go for lunch at one o'clock, so, so there's a booking apparently. So 
the passage lines up, though, with the whole message of the Bible. This isn't just Jesus speaking in isolation. This is the entirety of the Bible message. I'm going to give you some examples. Isaiah chapter 61 was the first verses that Jesus preached from when he was in the synagogue. Isaiah 61, verses 1 to 3, says this. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, to release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting for the Lord for the display of his splendor. Those verses that Jesus spoke from, he echoes in the Beatitudes, the beautiful attitudes. So it's echoing that message. Micah, Stephen shared from Micah, didn't he, a few weeks ago, to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly. That message is echoed in the beautiful attitudes. And then we can fast forward into the New Testament when the church was being formed and they're being told about the fruit of the Spirit. What's the fruit of the Spirit? It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Okay? Easy way to remember it. Fruit of the Spirit is all those things. And also Philippians chapter 2. I'm going to throw a few verses at you today. If you want to know deeper into them, go to the Connect Group this week and we'll go deeper into them. Do nothing out of selfish ambition. Philippians 2, verses 3 to 11. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same attitude as Jesus Christ, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. We'll stop there. So can you see, hopefully, as we look at the beautiful attitudes, we see all of these passages of Scripture, Jesus is basically saying, again, this is the attitude you've got to have. Here it says, have the attitude of Jesus. This is what it's about, okay? I'm just trying to emphasize that as we begin. So as we work through it, see that Jesus is repeating these words. And Paul and the writers to the churches were echoing what Jesus said. Before he went into any detail of behaviour, he said, you need to have the right attitude. We've got to have the right attitude. And that starts with an attitude to God and an attitude to each other. And it starts inside. It starts right within, from that grr or that place where we should love. So let's read them. Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 to 12 say this. Okay. Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, blessed or content or happy or satisfied are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed or content and the rest are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger 
and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you. That's an interesting one, isn't it? Anyone feel blessed? If I, you know, I get called names all the time, but unfortunately it carries on. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. That's Jesus. Not because you support the wrong football team or because of your appearance, but because of him. Blessed are you when you're insulted because of Jesus. Blessed are you when people insult you. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you, they will persecute. So in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Sorry. Okay, that was a whiz through the verses. I recommend you read them yourself and keep looking at them and saying, what is it saying to me? Which attitude here do I really need to change? Where have I not got a beautiful attitude? Where have I not got a heart that is right? Where is it something still in me going, grrr? If you can identify your heart going, grrr, then actually we need to address it. And I don't mean grew towards injustice or, or all those things, but grew towards him or towards others. Now the Amplified Bible is a great tool to use if studying the Bible. The Amplified Bible adds in ver- words that expand our understanding because often a word in English can mean loads of different things in Hebrew or a word in Hebrew can mean loads of different things in English. A word in Greek can mean loads of different things in e- English. We've said before, the word love in English is one word. In Greek, it has loads of different words. Agape, philios, eros, all the rest. But the Amplified Bible endeavours to expand on words where there is more than one possible translation. So as we read each blessed now, and I go quickly, I want you to understand that I'm using some of the Amplified version to do it. Don't miss what the actual passage is saying. It's called the Amplified Bible because it shouts it. It's loud. It makes things clearer. Okay? So we're going to go through the truth of them. Are you ready? Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. I'm going to read it from the Amplified Version. Content or satisfied are the poor in spirit, that's those devoid of spiritual arrogance who regard themselves as insignificant or humble, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, both now and forever. Humble. First thing Jesus said is humble, humility. Walk humbly with your God. Walk humbly with your God. What is humility? Well, humility is firstly recognising we cannot do it alone. That we cannot do it on our own. The first step is to say, actually, there is a God who is greater and bigger and I need him. That is humbling ourselves to say we need him. You know, no man is an island except the Isle of Man. But there you go. We start being in the kingdom. It says in that verse, now and forever. We start being in the kingdom when we realise that just us on our own is not enough. It's not enough. We need him. We were created for him. Humbly accepting that we aren't the be all and end all. That we're just, you know, we're not just a collection of molecules and chemicals, but that we need a saviour and we're in need of his spirit. There's the truth. That's what Jesus starts with in his beautiful attitudes. First attitude, put God first. Put God higher. Be humble. Second one, 
Matthew chapter 5, verse 4. Blessed, content, forgiven, all those things are those who mourn, and this is interesting, are those who mourn over their sins and repent, for they will be comforted when the burden of sin is lifted. Can you see that makes it a little bit different? It's not just about those who mourn, who those who have lost. We've encountered between us all lots of losses in the last few years, haven't we? We as a family have experienced a lot of loss. It could be people, it could be animals, it could be jobs, it could be hobbies, it could be routines. If you're a Manchester United fan, it could be a football match. But maybe today you're aware of a particular loss right now and you might recognise that God does comfort us in those times of loss, yeah? If we have humbled ourselves and said, I need God and we have Jesus, he comforts us even in those distant and difficult times, yeah? But here, the original text is more about being sorry for our mistakes, mourning our past, mourning the fact that we've let God down. Because actually, when the past is left with Jesus, the burden of sin is lifted. That's a comfort, surely, to know that we're forgiven. Is that a comforting thought? Yeah. Jesus says a good attitude is when you know you've been forgiven because of him, We're comforted because we know that actually our past cannot be held against us by him. Our past cannot be held against us. That's a comforting thought, isn't it? That we will not be condemned. If you are a Christian, if you're his this morning, if you've humbled yourself and said, yes, I need Jesus, there is no condemnation. That's a comfort. That's a comfort. But we need, it doesn't stop there, because we need to stop making the same mistakes. Yeah? Yeah? We're forgiven, but we need to stop living in the past. We can move through it. We need to stop making the mistakes because, you know what, if we read this verse like that, when we make the same mistakes, guess what we're doing? We're putting the burdens back on ourselves. And that's not comforting at all. So when you continue to go back to that old way that you know goes against what a beautiful attitude would be or goes against what you, God, what, what you know God wouldn't want for your life, then actually you lose comfort. Because basically you're heaping yourself back on with those things. Yes, he'll take them away. And you're still forgiven. The prodigal son, when he left home and lived in that situation, he was still a son of the father. He was still a son. He was always a son. He never stopped being a son. But he had to come back and realize the error. And he needed to stop living in that past We mourn over our mistakes and know that they are lifted. Burdens are lifted at Calvary when he died, when he took the punishment. Matthew chapter 5, verse 5 says, Blessed, content, spiritually secure, worthy of respect are the gentle. That means kind-hearted, sweet-spirited, self-controlled. For they will inherit the earth. Blessed are you when you're gentle. You know, none of that, the cat purring and the claws coming out, that's not gentle. You know, I don't mind a cat, but it's that thought of it suddenly just clawing your leg. I can't cope with that. You know, we're not supposed to be people who are gentle sometimes, the next thing clawing at each other. You know, we say, God, declaw us. <laughs> Take away that. Give us a beautiful heart attitude. Give us an attitude that is like Jesus. The world says it's dog-eat-dog. The world says you've got to be ruthless to succeed. The world says you've got to climb the ladder of success and it doesn't matter who you stand on on the way to the top. 
not in God's kingdom. Gentleness is part of the fruit of the Spirit. Gentleness is talked about in the Isaiah passage. A beautiful attitude like Jesus is to be gentle. Not a pushover, not a soft, not Walter the softy out of the Beano. Self-controlled. In other words, that means don't lose your temper. Self-controlled. That's part of the fruit of the Spirit. Self-controlled. Hard, isn't it? Yeah? Would we agree? But that's why we're not doing it on our own. We go back to the first attitude. We do it humbly because God is in us and God has gives us the strength to do it. I am not perfect. But God sees me as holy. Not in God's kingdom. The gentle will inherit the earth. Those who are spirit-filled, those who are spiritually secure, you won't need to fight for attention or try and be the big I am because if you're spiritually secure, you know the great I am. You know the one who is bigger, who is beside you and before you and behind you. The next one, verse 6. Blessed, content, joyful are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, those who actively seek right standing with God, for they will be completely satisfied. I asked you at the beginning, do you want to be satisfied? Jesus says, seek right standing with God. Be obedient to what God says. Don't keep going back to the past because otherwise the opposite will be true, surely. When we seek right standing with God, we will be completely satisfied. And yet the world says, oh, I don't believe that. And how happy is the world we live in? How content and satisfied is the world we live in? Jesus said, seek right standing with God. You know, satisfaction guaranteed is a pretty bold claim, yeah? Would you agree? Do you know who the first company was to make that claim? Satisfaction guaranteed. Anyone idea? Shout it out. Premier in. Okay. Right. Lenny Henry. Satisfaction guaranteed. No, it wasn't. It was before that. Would you be surprised if I told you that that first claim was made in the 18th century by Josiah Wedgwood? And he sent out all his pottery and said, satisfaction guaranteed. I'm not being funny. I'm not massively satisfied when I see a little blue pot. However, he was saying that you will not be unhappy. If you want one of this piece of pottery, you will not be unhappy with it. It will completely satisfy your pottery desires. Okay? Maybe I haven't got many of those. That's perhaps the problem. But companies are like to say, if you're not completely satisfied, then we'll give you the money back, which must mean that sometimes they do have to give the money back because sometimes they cannot completely satisfy their customers. Jesus says, seek God and you'll be completely satisfied. Jesus says later, seek first his kingdom and everything else will be added to you. Seek God and he will satisfy. He will satisfy you to obey him, to follow him and to listen to him. So the question is, are we following him? Because if we're not, the chances are we're not going to be completely satisfied. Next one. I'm doing all right here. I'm doing all right. Matthew 5 verse 7. Blessed, content, sheltered by God's promises are the merciful for they will receive mercy. This is an easy one to understand. <laughs> If you're merciful, you'll receive mercy. Forgiveness is key. We cannot hold on to past grudges. We cannot become bitter because guess what bitterness does? That's what it does. It messes us up from the inside. 
merciful. Even if what was done to us was wrong, we need to let go. Maybe sometimes we have to walk away from that situation, but we need to be merciful. We need to be forgiving. It's echoed in Colossians chapter 3, which says this, if we've got it on the screen. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Can you see that this message is echoed constantly? Forgive. Bear with one another. Sometimes we'd rather be like a grizzly bear with each other. I nearly said we'd rather be bear with each other, and that's a very different thing. Okay? And that also is not in the beautiful attitudes unless it's within a good relationship and a marriage relationship. Anyway, bear with, put up with, deal with, help, be, be forgiving, be merciful. I'm not even going to ask what that's gone, gone on at the back there. But anyway, Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, moving on very quickly. Forgiveness. We've got to be forgiving. Yeah? Otherwise, do you know what happens? We keep the, and it's still there, even if we love Jesus. And it doesn't stop us loving Jesus. It doesn't stop us being seen as holy. It doesn't stop us being forgiven by him. But it stops us being satisfied, and it stops us being content, and it stops us living life to the full, because we keep a bit of that old self. Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, we're nearly getting there. Blessed are the pure in heart, that's those with integrity, moral courage, and godly character, for they will see God. The pure in heart, they will see God. Heart is used in the Old Testament for your will or for your choices. So we could read this, content are those who make good choices, who make pure choices, for they will see God. So those who make the right choices will see God. What a promise is that? If I said to you, do you want to see God? Jesus says, make right choices. That's part of it. Because you'll start to see God, not just for the future, but now. As we make the right choices, we will see God at work in our lives here and now. Jesus said to the woman caught in adultery, I don't condemn you. But go and make right choices. Go and not do it again. Start making right choices. Because without the right choices, you'll start to be blind to God. You'll start to stop. You'll stop hearing him. That's better. The kingdom of God is now and we will see God's kingdom in all things and now if we have good choices. So the opposite is also true. When we make bad choices, we will start to start, we will see the opposite of God at work in our lives. When we make poor choices, we'll stop seeing God at work in our lives. It's a simple message, that one, isn't it? Make right choices. What we do, who we are. You know, God sees us at all times, not as a big brother's watching you type thing, but as a father who loves us. And sometimes he probably goes, oh, I know he does with me. Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. Blessed, spiritually calm, content are the makers and maintainers of peace, for they will express his character and be called the sons of God. When we make peace and maintain it, 
Ramin a few weeks ago talked about this, didn't he? Do everything you can that's possible for you to do to live at peace. Whatever the other person does, do everything you can to live at peace. You know, some people can start an argument in an empty room with no reason at all. They can just feel offended when there's no offence to be taken. And God says, Jesus says, do everything you can. Be a peacemaker and a peace maintainer, a peacekeeper. I have a saying in our house, and that is, take something off the fire. You know, I've not mentioned my degree for a while, but you don't need a degree in chemistry to understand this. There's a triangle of fire, isn't there? Yeah? Do you all know the triangle of fire? No? So, not all shake your head, at least, and I know you're listening and not going to sleep. The triangle of fire has got three points. That's why it's a triangle. Clever, isn't it? Basically, there is fuel, oxygen, and heat. Okay? You with me? Every day is a school day. If you didn't know this before, you know it now. Fuel, oxygen, and heat. You take one of those things away, and the fire drops. So if you take the fuel away, and you've just got heat and oxygen, we've got heat and oxygen in this room right now. Hopefully we're on fire for Jesus. <laughs> oh, it wasn't a joke. It was true. I was hoping we are. It's not a joke. Don't groan. Say, yes, Johnny, that's what we want. Okay? Amen. Amen. Thank you. If we take away the, the heat, you can still have fire and oxygen. But actually, it, it doesn't... Sorry, I've got that wrong. If we take away the fuel, sorry, we can have oxygen and heat. If we take away the oxygen, we can have fuel and heat, but it won't set on fire because there's no oxygen there. It needs oxygen to burn. If you take away... I don't remember. You know what I mean. You take one of them away. Joel, by the way, is 25, isn't he, this year? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Just proving that I've remembered, Okay. But if you remove one of those three things from a situation, the fire stops. So sometimes to be a peacemaker, you have to take part of that thing away that's causing the problem. It might be removing yourself from a situation for a time. It might be just speaking a word of peace. In an argument, we need to take something away in order for the fire to burn out. Don't add fuel, you know? Adding fuel to an argument might be, well, you did this last week. You did that 20 years ago. You've left your socks on the floor in the lounge again. You've left your trainers there. You know, just remove the heat. Say sorry and bring peace to the situation. Do whatever you can to live at peace. If we bring peace and keep it, then that's Jesus' character. Beautiful attitude. Can I prove it? What was Jesus' character? His character was to still storms. His character was to calm hearts. His character was to see timid and weak men become strong. His character, even when he was being put to death on a cross was to not retaliate, but to say, Father, forgive them. His character in the Garden of Gethsemane was to put the soldier's ear back on when it was cut off by one of the disciples. He was an ultimate peacemaker. And his situations were far more stressful than any of us can go through. And yet he brought peace. He didn't condemn or judge, but he quietly spoke into lives at the right time. Nearly there. Blessed are those who are persecuted for doing that which is morally right, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven both now and forever. You know, persecution is horrible. But when we stand up for Jesus, we have a place in God's kingdom immediately. When we stand up for Jesus, the thief on the cross was persecuted by the other thief because he acknowledged Jesus. And today Jesus said, you'll be with me in paradise. Stephen, when he was being stoned to death, didn't go kicking and screaming, but he calmly saw the heavens open and he was at peace as stones rained down on him. 
David wasn't afraid of the giant facing the army. He was accepted into the kingdom. And it finishes on Matthew chapter 5, verses 11 to 12 with this. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil things against you because of your association with me. Be glad and exceedingly joyful for your reward in heaven is great. And there it says, absolutely inexhaustible. Your reward in heaven is absolutely inexhaustible. For in this same way, they persecuted persecuted the prophets who were before you. So now it gets personal because it's about, it's blessed are they, blessed are they, blessed are they. It finishes with blessed are you when you associate yourself with Jesus. We had baptisms last month. Three people stood up here and associated themselves with Jesus. I'm sure they've had difficulties since. But when we stand up and associate ourselves with Jesus, then we will be persecuted. Who do you regularly align yourself with? This isn't about joining a sewing group or the Mother's Union or a house group or a football team or an amateur dramatics group or even a country. This is about saying, will you choose at the very beginning to say, I associate myself with Jesus. I call myself a Christian because I'm a follower of Jesus. Will you do that? It's a choice you have to make. It's not because of where you're born. It's not because of who your parents were. But do you know what? People won't like Jesus followers. Do you know why I know? Because they didn't all like Jesus. And he had a beautiful attitude. He was all these things. And he loved and he loved and he was a man of peace. And yet they killed him but he rose again. And today we can say, I associate myself with the living saviour, the one who is, who was, and is to come. And what does it tell me if we do that? Your reward in heaven is absolutely inexhaustible. What does that mean? Never run out. There's no panic buying with Jesus' love. You know, there's no worry about the price of it going up. The price is still the same. He would killed on a cross he gave his life that price will never change it's probably the most expensive me or you will ever be worth we just need to say yes I accept what was given be glad and exceedingly joyful you know Christian life isn't easy Jesus said it's not easy it's hard but we can still be content why if we let him be seen in us think of some of our bible heroes what would you give to have experienced what they did and saw what would you give to have seen what Moses saw? What would, you have, what would you have given to see what Joshua saw, that Gideon saw, that David saw, Peter, Mary, Paul? What would you give to have seen what they saw? But they went through horrendous times, even though they saw amazing things. They went through horrendous times, but it's worth it because the reward does not get less. It is inexhaustible. Overall satisfaction and contentment come when we make the right choices. Are you making right choices? Are we being obedient to him? Are we willing to follow him? Yet we tend to become more like other people because we make choices just to build ourselves up. I finish with this. You can be content. We started by saying, do you want to be? And a few of you went, yeah, yeah, yeah. We weren't particularly keen. Well, I'm not surprised because it's not easy. 
But to be content, it starts with our heart attitude. It starts with patience, love, peace, gentleness, kindness, graciousness, faithfulness, commitment, dedication. It starts with the right choices. It starts with your satnav saying, take a U-turn wherever possible and head the other way. It starts by saying, come. And then it says, remain. Your choice today. Do you want to be blessed? Do you want to be completely satisfied? Do you want a reward that is inexhaustible? Change your heart attitude. Change my heart attitude. Look to him. And he will completely satisfy. Guaranteed. Let's pray. Father God, as we take communion in a short moment, we remember Jesus' body and blood given for us. We remember the sacrifice that was made. We remember the price that was paid. And we remember that it was done for us as individuals. It's a choice that we as individuals have got to make. So Father God, this morning in this place, it may be that some people for the first time ever need to make that choice and need to say yes to Jesus, need to align themselves and say, I want to follow It may be there are people in this room who've already done that many times, but today they need to stop going down the wrong path. They need to stop making the wrong choices, whether that's people they're with, whether it's things that they do, whether it's habits they need to to smash. Father God, we cannot do any of it without you, no matter how hard we try. So, Father, in this place this morning, we ask for your spirit to fill us afresh, to fall afresh. We ask for your spirit to fill us. And, Father God, we pray that we make decisions today that last for eternity. Help us to know that true contentment and satisfaction comes when we follow the Father, when we worship the Son, and when we're filled with his spirit. So Father God, in this place this morning, may you rain down love and peace. And may we know that you long for us to be part of your family. Father, we pray that you will break us where we're hard and cold. Bend us where we need to be bent. Mold us where we need to be molded. In Jesus' name, amen.